Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello the listeners, my name is Sean Holly and I am 46 years old. My hobbies include creative drawing using computer programs and talking to people, mostly not strangers, over Skype. I also enjoy coin-operated video games. Hello my co-host Victor Marland. Hello, I'm Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. <laughs> How the heck are you old fellow? Uh, I'm alright mate, how are you? I like your intro. It's alright, I know, I wrote that. You, you said computer graphics, you meant crayons. Well, kind of, they're, they're virtual crayons. I got my electric crayons. <laughs> anyway, we are the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Welcome. Yeah. Well, as we normally do, what have you been up to the past few weeks since I last spoke to you on Tinternet? Absolutely tons. Tons of stuff. Tell us about what? your tons of stuff you've been up to. When we last spoke, I was half, halfway through playing Blackpool. So, Oh, yes, of course. We recorded on the Saturday. So on the Sunday, I had a really awesome time. Met loads of people, over five. Over five people? Yes. How many people were there? Uh, over ten. Tons. Tons. And I met uh, John Studley, and he did his Pac-Man talk about achieving the perfect Pac-Man. That was very good. And mm-hmm. I think Anthony Graham recorded it, so that may be on the tube of views at some point. Oh, I'll have a look at that. Good. Another interesting guy I met was called Phil, and he was from the Museum of Gaming, which is based in lovely, lovely Lancashire. Okay. Yeah. And this he worked at Cygnosis in the 90s, and, a, and he worked on a couple of the Lemmings games. Okay. And he has a Mega Drive dev kit, and he's made a game on it called Invasion, which is different versions of Space Invaders. Oh, what, on the Mega Drive? Yeah, and oh, when nice. he showed me the, it's in a, it's actually in a, a car and a proper case. And when he showed me the cover, I had seen it before. Yeah, and it's different versions. So you've got like an arcade version, then you've got like a Atari twenty six hundred kind of version, then you've even got like an LED pocket Ooh. handheld version. Well, that's and you can a download a ROM. Yeah, oh nice you can, one. You, you can download a ROM of a few of the versions, not all of them that come on the car. So he's selling that to fund what he does with the museum which is sort of going around touring and giving talks at events and schools and what he, i actually he had these games there right that were very old games based on like looked like it was on a bit of slate and it had like black and white pebbles and there are sort of variants of tic-tac-toe and all that lot, but a lot deeper oh so it's all kinds of gaming of all sorts not just video gaming yeah the flyer here says the museum archive houses a collection of items that explore how gaming first began, how games have evolved, and the psychology behind our need to play games. Ooh. So it's right, right from you know the year dots, which was you know like well long ago, really. Well, it's got to be before the sixties, isn't it? I reckon. Wow. Right up to video games. So it's and and he sort of tries to teach people like the psychology behind it all and why we play games. Interesting. Why do you play games, Vic? To keep me out of trouble. 
Yeah. We'll get onto that later on. Trouble with oh. a microphone. Mm. I shouldn't be allowed near one, really. All right. So what have you been up to? Well, I have been to the BFI, the British Film Institute again, which is on the south bank of London, near where I live, I suppose. Mm. And the other week, we went to see the preview of the third, the start of the third season of Peaky Blinders. Yeah, she said in the Midlands. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't watch it, it's a great drama about some crime lords of the Midlands. It's turn of the twentieth century, just after the First World War, and it's really good. We had a quick question and answer later on with some of the stars of the show and the writer. It was really, really good. Mm. We also got to chat to the director of Kill List, filmed in England, and High Rise, a guy called Ben Wheatley. He was sat yeah. right behind us. We just started mm. chatting to him. He's a really nice guy. Mm. Uh, a little bit later on than that, that was on the Tuesday, and on the Thursday, on the 5th, I went to see the Blue Tones again. Tones of Blue? Tones of Blue. Mm. And they will feature heavily in this month's, this week's podcast. All right. <laughs> You'll get to hear about that later. Sean, you make me happy when I was happy to start with. Right. That sounds strange. I also have been busy chopping up my ZX Spectrum Plus 2. Let me I just show that. you. Have you seen it? I saw a picture you put on. There's a bit of it here. Let me just show you again. Look, it's a tiny oh, one now. It's a 1.5 now. It's a Spectrum Plus 1.5, yeah. I chopped the tape recorder end off. Yeah. And I chopped the end of that off, the right-hand side of that. I chopped about an, in, an inch of it off, and I've glued it back onto the main unit, so it just looks like the keyboard unit now. It's like mm. a shortened version of a Plus 2, but it looks really neat. I've done a really neat job of it. Oh. Much sawing and sanding and gluing was going on. Oh, I'd wreck that, I would. Oh, no, it looks really nice. I'm quite pleased. Mm. I, I thought if I'd actually broken it and messed it up, I was just going to make another keyboard housing for it out of aluminium, you know, machine it at work. Yeah. But it's gone quite well. I'm quite pleased with it. Mm. That's quite good. Because nobody wants to load from tape now, I don't, do you? No. I don't want to load from tapes back then. I think there is a little bit of nostalgia for it, but it's best left in past. In past, in your memory, I think. Yeah, I yeah, think that don't is, do yeah. that. Also, I on the, the line of computers, I modded a Commodore 64 for our mate Ben Vip, mm-hmm. which went quite well. I modded the case. It's got a little SD slit in the side now, so you can put an SD card thing in there. Yeah. And with two buttons as well for controlling of the 1541 disk emulator. Also used a switchable BIOS. So oh, ben, I love them. Oh, I do. So Ben still uses cassettes, you see. So you can switch between using cassettes and using this 1541 disk drive with Jiffy DOS, which I've mm. mentioned before, which loads games a lot faster off the disk emulator. Out of Jiffy bags. Yes, out of Jiffy bags. Mm. So yeah, that's really good. We met him, actually met him on Wednesday 11th of May. He's come to London to go and see an art exhibition at the Tate Britain. And afterwards, mm. we met him for dinner at a Japanese restaurant. Oh, really yeah. nice meeting. Me, him and Mrs. Vip-to-be. Kerry, yeah. she's very nice as well. Mm. And we all got on really well. A really nice time. And hopefully they'll be coming to see us in London on in June sometime. So I've got some time off. We've invited them down for the weekend. Very nice. That'd be nice. Mm. And you, anything else you've been up to? Oh, tons, tons. Tell, tell me about Arcade Club. You must have been to Arcade Club one of these Arcade weeks. Club, yeah, twice. Oh, nice this one. Arcade Club and Batcave on the 7th of May. I managed to cram both in the same day. In the Batcave, I had a, uh, the Samsung Gear VR, which is the virtual reality headset where you can put certain compatible Samsung phones in the front of it. Oh, yes. I've heard of those. Yeah, they're any good. I was quite impressed, actually. The Ooh. guy 
showed me a trailer for, I think it was one of the Marvel superhero films. And you were kind of Iron Man and you look, you put this headset on, you look down and you've got like Iron Man's hands and there's a, a heads up display comes up. Oh, right. And then you start moving through this fight scene and like Hulk's above you and it's all in slow motion Ooh. and Thor's whacking people with his hammer and it's very good. With his massive mallet. <laughs> so then I played a game where you just had to tap the side of the headset. There's a pad on the t- side of the headset and you shot like marbles out, smashing this, these pieces of purple glass. Ooh. And I didn't clever, get, isn't it? it oh, we're really clever that. Really clever them things. I didn't get motion sickness on it like I have done with the Oculus Rift. Oh right. I wonder how they combat that then. I don't know. I think it's frame rate or something. Perhaps it's Ooh. just it suited me better. But I was well impressed with that. Does it feel heavy on your head when you have it on there? Because it's like a big thing that goes over your eyeballs, isn't it? That one didn't. No, didn't feel as heavy as the Oculus Rift. Oh uh, right. Was it Dev Kit One and Two? I think I've been on. Right. I went on one year ages ago, but I'm not sure what version. It's probably an older version at the um, Oxford, so the Cambridge Computer Museum. Is what they have yeah. on there. Right. Oh, right, nice one. And a game I discovered at the back cave is called Eight Man on the MVS. Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't think I played much of it though. Any good? No, actually, it wasn't. Was it? It was AES, wasn't it? No, it's on the MVS as well. Right. But you played it on it's... the AES, did you? Yes, it's like a run and gun brawler thing, and I really liked it. It's playing it with Jake Smith. Yeah, and I don't even like that type of game, but I think it's one I should look into. It's had a great feel, and it was very responsive and that. And, yeah. We've only done one Neo Geo game, haven't we? Side, no, what do we do? Viewpoint. Again? Viewpoint. Yeah, and it's rock hard, isn't it? You did Last Resort, didn't you, with Alex? Oh yeah, yeah, we did do Last Resort. It's quite a good game as well. Difficult. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we haven't done many though. Maybe we have to do one of those. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Mm. And guess where I was last night? Last night? Where were you last night? I went to iPlay Gaming in Leeds. I helped James RGP with a hiring a Luton van, loads of machines in it. Oh, nice one. Over to Leeds, set it all up, enjoyed the event, back home, sleep at four. I normally do a, a audio diary, don't I? But I've just mm-hmm. done... A little audio review of the night. I had a walk round of the night. Okay. And we shall input it, shall we, shall we? Here. Let's input it here. Yes. Here we are at iPlay Gaming at Canal Mills in Leeds. The night is well underway. It's about 10 o'clock-ish, I think. There's a big tournament on the main screen, which is Mario on the Wii, I think. Oh, no, that's not. It's GameCube. Yes, four-screened Halo thing. These are the games that Mike from iPlayGamer asked RGP James to supply this time. PlayChoice 10, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Virtua Fighter, Crazy Taxi, Crazy Taxi and Point Blank are getting the most play because they're really good. Pole Position, Virtua Striker, James is on Frogger, getting squashed. Uh, yeah, down this side, Point Blank and Paperboy. So there's nine games that we've bought all the way from Sunny Blackburn. And then there's Pig- Piggy Smalls Hot Dog Company supplying the food this time. And I've, I've had earlier on a bacon, bacon jam dog. Bacon jam dog, which is like a hot dog with bacon jam, which is weird but nice. There's an eight-screen... Modern Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, I think that is tournament underway. And then there's a two screen that's very packed 
I think that's Street Fighter 5, I don't think it's 4. So it's sort of a lot of modern games, there's a couple of sofas for sitting on, and sitting. There's a massive main area which is like wooden tables to sit on, it's quite sort of rustic and urban here. The, there's barrels with like bits of wood on top that are like standy uppy table things. And then in this side of the room, you have one, two, three, four, five, six people playing one of the FIFAs, and there's a guy in the middle playing a racing game. And then there's two guys playing Guitar Hero or Guitar Summer. There's a massive long bar, and then on the main screen, which is where most people are, they're playing Mario Kart. On, yeah, it is a GameCube, I'm sure it is. Might be Double Dash that. And in front of that, there's loads more screens. I think there's that fighting game, which is the superhero game, Injustice, I think that is. Rocket League as ever, such a popular game, that. And then you've got your old console games that are dotted around the place. GoldenEye, Mario, House of the Dead, Duck Hunt, uh, something, something, whatever. And that's it, it's another really good event. I'm lost. Oh, I'm coming back now. It's quite a big place, it's Canal Mills. And that is it, and I shall catch you later. Nice one, those events are brilliant. Why are they always up north, though? Uh, because it's brilliant up north. Mm. 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 They are expanding, though. Mm. I think they will go, They will move down south. I hope so, or some, somewhere in the middle, maybe, I can get to. Be quite good. Yeah. And the last thing... Arcade, arcade Club this afternoon, I uh, met Roger Cantor and we played a few games and yeah, enjoyed it. So Roger's up north again? Yeah, he's got a business meeting in the Pool of the Black tomorrow. Oh, that's handy. Mm. Right near Arcade Club, lovely. Yeah. You know, I mentioned about modding stuff earlier, my Spectrum and my, my Commodore 64 and stuff. I was thinking about starting an additional blog to be added to our page on my tinkerings. What do you think? I think... That's a good idea, but can I opt out of it because I would not be very good at tinkering with stuff? I'm good at tinkering, so I might just do that. What, what do the listeners think? What do you lot think out there in listener land? Do you think do you want to hear about me doing stuff with things, like sawing stuff up and chopping things and fixing stuff? Shall we ask them? Yeah. Boo, All of you. No, rubbish. Boo. Get him out now. Oh, okay, I won't bother them. <laughs> this is all sorts of stuff. It's arcade, computer, and console related. So if you fancy listening to what I get up to or reading about what I get up to, give us a tinkle. Tell us what you think. Mm, yeah. Oh, one last thing. Yes. We have a bone to pick with the no quarters. They haven't been on for a while, and mm. it was nice to hear them again, and they were reviewing 1943. But yes. what do they do whilst we're reviewing 1943? They completely slaughtered, ripped to bits... Destroyed, solid, 1942. How dare they? They actually said at one point, and I wrote it down because I was, I was felt physically ill. You were that angry. Said, 1942 is a sad shadow of its success. <gasps> oh, how could Oof. they? <laughs> yes, we protest most loudly. Disapproving sheep disapproves. And my horn was on overtime then. <laughs> So we started attacking them on Twitter, didn't we? We did. A barrage of abuse came about. We had a fake fight, didn't we, where we were attacking him in our P-38 1942 Lightning. Yeah, and I threatened to drop some biscuit crumbs down their underpants. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be uncomfortable. 
Uh, yeah, let there be a lesson to you, you quarters. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite funny in the end. Anything else you've been up to? I think that's it. It's been a fun-packed couple of weeks. It's been excellent, actually. One other thing I've been doing lately is I've been playing a lot of console games. Ooh. Do you know why? Because you like them. It's all those flipping podcasts I listen to of our rivals mm. making me play games I used to like. PlayStation yeah, but- stuff, new stuff, or newish stuff. Ooh. They're not rivals. They're like compadres. Chums. Chums. Yes, but they've been making me play something. I've been hearing something. Oh, I remember playing that. So what I did lately is I've got PlayStation 1. You know the little white ones, the PS1s? And I, mm. I put a naughty mod chip in it. Yeah. So I can play my <clears throat> legal backups <laughs> of my original games I've got <clears throat> in the loft. Yeah. Nice, Gov. It's a very big loft you have. It's a massive loft. Yeah. Mm. I've been really enjoying it, though. Lots of fun to be had from games that these guys have sort of uh, been talking about lately. And on that non-arcade news, let's do some arcade news. This is when we've been discussing Capcom's CPS2 protection has successfully been reverse engineered. Mm. It's, it's a new story that's come up, and then you said, wasn't this done years ago? I thought so. But I've had a look at it, and I think they've actually been able to reverse this, you know, to get rid of the suicide in, in software now and not hardware. So yeah. I think that's what it is. What I thought happened is when, if you had a CPS2 or a CPS1 board even, and the battery died on it, what would happen is the encryption would be lost and the game wouldn't run. But what you could do is replace the ROMs with something called Phoenix ROMs. Oh. They had this thing called Phoenix ROMs, which was the same code, but they'd removed the, the need for encryption or decryption. But then again... If you did that, your board is not original anymore. It's basically a hacked PCB. Yeah. So maybe they've done it so it gets around it. I don't know. But it's been yeah. been news lately anyway, hasn't it? Yeah. So it's a sort of hardware fix. We've got mm. some links on there, so uh, have, a, have a look anyway. Yeah, a couple of good links. Oh, Tony Temple's blog on the Duke of Lancaster raid. Have you read that? That's excellent, yeah. Tony is such a good writer, isn't he? As well as a massive... Excellent player of Missile Command. Yeah, really good writer with the Duke of Lancaster that, gla- that went on quite a few years ago now. This was about um, a fun boat that was docked off of Wales and it was turned into a big arcade. For some reason, to do with licensing, I think, was boarded up and never touched again since about 1983. Mm. And all the games in it were just left alone. It's like a ghost ship. And it's a really good blog on, on how it was raided and all the, the games were preserved. Really yep. interesting read. He's done one after that on the arcade factory floor. So they're really good blogs, these. And I noticed, actually, Jeff Minter had retweeted one of them. So he's getting must be getting quite a few hits and a bit of exposure from this. Yeah, excellent. Mm. There is, would you believe... Would you Adam and Eve it? A new cruising game coming from Eugene Jarvis's Raw Thrills. It's called Cruising Adventure. Remember okay. Cruising USA? Yep, yeah, I remember all those ones. Quite a few of them, didn't there? Have a guess what year that was. Oh, I don't know. 2005? It's quite an old no. one, isn't it? Cruising USA was 1994. Is it really? Yeah, and then oh they did Lord. Cruising World in 96 and Cruising Exotica in 99. Oh, what a than that couple of console versions so this is the first cruising game for 17 years nice 
Mm, so hopefully that'll be a good game. Yeah. They're kind of an outrun, kind of summery day driving kind of feel, aren't they? Yeah, more modern type thing, yeah. Yes, nice. yes, yes. Some indie developers have been teaming up with the Galloping Ghost to make spiritual sequel to Space Harrier Strike Harbinger. Have you seen that? Yeah, pretty good, isn't it? It does look good, yeah. Yeah, we need another game like that. Excellent. Hopefully they'll get in a cab in Galloping Ghost. I bet they will. I it's in early stages of development, but it's looking... It's very like Space Harrier. Oh, nice game. I was but never really also, good at it, though. They're also quoting that it's a bit like the other sprite-scaling games from Sega. You know, they're mm. just sort of inspired by all of them. You know what would be really good with that game, don't you? A cup of tea. Moving cab. Yeah. Like, like the Space Harrier. Wouldn't that be awesome, a hydraulic cab? Mm. Ooh, that'd be brilliant. Ooh, it'd be nice. Wes Copeland... We seem to report on this every podcast. He's, he's beaten his old record on Donkey Kong. He's yeah. now up to 1.2 million, which he thinks is almost a perfect game. I don't think you can get any more than that. Surely not. No. That's got to be really maxing out. I think they, some clever people actually worked out what the maximum score would be because there are random elements to it. So mm. there's sort of a, a sort of a finite area of scoring you can get to and I think that's about it I don't think that's going to get beaten but then again in two weeks time I'll probably say oh someone's beaten that again yeah there's mm. two of them that's been going at it for ages but Wes Copeland is a current world record holder until the next show possibly talking about Donkey Kong yeah. have you seen the new Vans shoe collection no I am clicking on it now because they are Nintendo I've... themed there's some Donkey Kong shoes <laughs> I'm a fan of Vans shoes a lot of my shoes are made by Vans I might have to get Vans. some of these yeah, vans. They're an American was, skate shoe. I was driving a Luton van last night. You wouldn't put one on your feet, though, would you? No, a bit big. Think how big your feet would be with Lutons on. Mm. Ooge. Yeah. Nice, aren't they? They do look very good. Very, very good. Oh, here is something I think you might like. It's kind of a potted history of the Jellico pony cab. I did like it. I looked at it. It's in Spanish, so you need to press the Google Translate button. So you, you can still understand what they're on about. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's worth a read, kids. Have a, have a read of that. Oh, yeah. Pony cocktail table. I love a pony table. Mm. Oh, they're awesome. But I think... They do look good. The only one I know of is in France. Someone on Arcade Otaku has got one in France. That's the right. only time I've ever even heard of anyone owning one. So they must be ultra rare. Wow. Or, you, did... or yeah. you can own a brand new Astro City for just 3,456 3, Japanese yen. 22 quid. It's yeah. a little model of a nice little candy cab. Yeah. Put a little action one, man near it or something. One twelfth scale, so you can I, I could actually own an Astro City for twenty two quid. Yeah. What game would you play on it? I would play Dodonpachi. Dodonpachi Daiuju. I thought you might. Guess what? What? Thirty year old Volgus world records has been thrashed at the Galloping Ghost Arcade. Lots of records, to be honest, get thrashed yeah. at the Galloping Ghost Arcade. This guy called, uh, I forgot his name, I'm just going to say Dave Davison. Oh, Dave, I nearly got Dave it. Volgus. Dale Ely mm-hmm. has got 1,130,000, which on Volgus, that's a huge score. What were we getting? We did it, about 180,000. I think you got two, 200. I think you beat me, didn't you? You beat me by a little tiny bit. Yes, I but did. I, I have since got 240,000, no, so you didn't. I beat no, you. No, 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 no. Currently being repaired by RGP, Retro Games Party, who does, incidentally, do board repairs, if anyone doesn't know. So if you've got a knackered up board, contact him, and he will do a very reasonable race, and he's going to give me a tenner for saying that. But he's not going to do any before he fixes my Space Fever, no, Space Jewel PCB. 
Oh, right. I hope. Thank Space, you, James. Oh, have you got, I didn't know you had one of them. Yeah. Or did, did you tell me and I've forgotten? Probably. You're a wow, daft old that, get. I am a bit, yeah. I'm going to put it in my Asteroids as a black and white game when I eventually get it back, hopefully. So that would that would work on a black and white monitor, would it? Yeah, Wouldn't with that... a little bit of tinkering. You've got to change a few pins around and stuff, but it's nothing difficult. Wow. Apparently hey, all, would... the, all the um, colour vector games work on black and white for testing purposes. Right. They've got an extra little pin out. You can put a pin 16, I think it is, to like a, a scope. I like that word, scope. Mm. <laughs> Scopey McScope face, I call them. <laughs> and on we go to pickups. Have you had any pickups? I've had nout. Oh, you're thing. useless. Yeah. I've had lots, but none of them arcade-themed. I seem to spend all my money on travelling around the country, going to arcade events. That's pretty good, though. It is good, yeah. So, some stuff I picked up. Some little bits and bobs, some components to mod my Atari Superpong, which I've never actually used yet. I got it a few years ago, well, a year or so ago. I've never managed to have a display on a screen with it. Mm. So I've got some bits to make a composite mod output for it. So hopefully that'll be okay and work. Mm. I bought another Retroleum Spectrum Smart SD card. But this one has been modded by the, the guy who makes them, so it hasn't got some bits on the front of it, so it fits, fits on my chopped-up ZX Spectrum Plus 2. Yes. Because normally it doesn't fit on them because the, the, the back of it's higher. So I've had some components moved to the back and removed a joystick port off of it because the Spectrum Plus 2 has already got two joystick ports on the left-hand side. Right. Oh, so it's yeah. going to be an all-in-one little unit, which is quite cool. i got a really interesting, some 3 8 UNC bolts. You only got 3 8 of them. Why didn't you not get a full bolt? I got all of them, but they were 3 8 UNC in size. Oh. And these were for something actually arcade-related. This is from some Nint- Nintendo cocktail feet I made for Leslie for mm. his Space Firebird cabinet, mm-hmm. which I'll be sending to him to, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. Oh, I also got an MB Milton Bradley Microvision from a car bootay sale. I am. Je- I used to have one, you know. Really, you can have this one because it's rubbish. I was. It I think I was ten, and I got one. Which one did you have? I had, it had a grey front, and it had breakout that came as standard. Yeah. Oh god, is that like a like a furry case inside? Is it's it? It's a leather case. Yeah, I had that. It smells yeah. funny as well. Maybe it's because of a car boot sale. But it was so so fiddly. The the dial. Oh yeah. I remember it being very very sensitive so you had to like just touch the dial yeah the screen is only about an inch and a half square yeah. and if you hold it really tight at the top because it's not very good connection with the actual cartridge bit was the front face of it yeah. it works okay but it's very very quick and it's very sensitive as you said and it's difficult to play mm. and it does smell funny i'm not sure why <laughs> i did have a couple of games for it but i oh. met alex on sunday at the carbute sale and he had a mate of his with him there, and he went off when we were still chatting. And he he had he sent Alex a phone message, and Alex ran off because there was some yeah. Spectrum stuff. So I ran after him, yeah. and this guy was selling some Spectrum stuff and some Commodore 64 stuff, way overpriced. I mean, people at car boot sales are crazy, some of them. Mm. The guy wanted £40 for a Commodore 64 at a car boot sale. Mm. Most people only take a tenner with them. And he wanted £80 for an Amiga 1200. And this Amiga was the worst coloured Amiga I've ever seen. It looked like a Murray Mint. It was nearly brown. (laughs) And there's no way someone's going to pay 80 quid for something that's untested at a car boot sale. Come on. 
I think I paid a five for that microvision. That was like, overdoing it. Do you know how many batteries that thing takes? Is it four? No, it takes two nine volt D batteries. Two nine volt. Where have you ever seen something that takes two nine volt batteries? Mm. That's eighteen volts. I remember getting told off by my mum one Christmas playing that game in a hotel at breakfast. Oh, a bit beefy she says, for Put it away. Eat, eat your bacon. So I did. Yeah, and it's mm. a bit beepy for that. Mm. Guess what else I bought? I bought myself my most modern console game recently. I bought myself a PS Vita. Oh, I've been wanting for one for a while. And this one, I found it a crack converter. Sorry, cash converter. <laughs> Guess how much it was? A pound. No, more than that. 60 Ten, quid. Pounds. 60. 60 pounds. Is that a lot? No, not really, because they're normally about 80 to 90 pounds. I'm looking at one in the front case, and it was 80 pounds. No, I'm not going to pay that much for it. And one behind was 60 pounds. I said to the nice lady there, Oi, nice lady. Yeah. Can I have a look at that, please? Do you know what the difference is between the one in the front? And she said, Oh, the one at the back hasn't got an original charger for it. And I went, Yeah. And she goes, Oh, this one's 3G as well. I went, Okay. Can I have a look at it? Turned it on. All works fine. The screen was nice. Because it's got a touch screen on the front and it's got a touch thingy on the back as well. It's like I've got a, a feely toucher on the back. Right. Which is a bit odd. And I bought it for £60. Bargain. And I've bought, guess what game I bought? Guess what the first game I bought for it was? TXK. TXK. Mm. I actually paid money for it. Dollars. Cash so money. hopefully that £5.79 I paid has gone straight into Jeff Minter's back pocket. Mm. I doubt it all has, but I want it to. And also, I got the Ratchet and Clank game for it, because I used to love them on the PlayStation. I liked, there's one that I really liked. I think it was a PS3 one. Really enjoyed it. Mm, good games. Good games. Good games. Oh, and the PS2, because I used to play it with my son, yeah. Yeah, I had it on the PS2. It was really good. That and the Jack and Daxter games I quite liked. So well. good platformers, they were. Good 3D platformers. Mm. One thing I nearly got that was arcade is I narrowly missed out on a Taito Trimline Space Invaders from eBay. I'm mm. really miffed about this. I put £200 down on it, and I was winning it until the last sort of five minutes. And I was at dinner at the time when it ended. I didn't want to put any more money on it, so I just left it. Looked at it. I'd missed out by £10. Right. And it wasn't that far away either. I could have gone and picked it up in the car. Oh. Dang it. This is the same kind of cab as my old Phoenix that RGP's got now. Right. And oh, they had one right. of these in Zanzibar, in, in a bar in Kentucky I went to. Oh, they're lovely little things. I just missed out on it. But there was no PCB with it, so mm, maybe I saved myself a bit of trouble there. And where still, would you put it as well? Oh, I'd fit it in somewhere, probably. Front room? No, 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 no. What about that? But... <laughs> I am on the lookout for a new cab soon. Or I may build a scratch build one again. You could build me one and put a groovy name in it if you want. Mm, I'll let you do that. Oh. That's another thing I've been doing, actually, is setting up my groovy main. Mm. Oh, it's a pain to do. But I think Isn't ultimately it? it's going to be worth it. Well, because I've got that servo stick, you see, which swaps between four and eight-way automatically. Yeah. And a lot of my games weren't working properly, so I've had to build myself an any file. Which is quite easy. It's just it's just boring to do. Lots of text editing to do, but it's all yeah. working okay. But the actual images you're getting and the play with Groovy Mame are brilliant. They're really yeah. really good. So I'm happy with that. Just got to get the screens in the middle a bit on the vertical games. That's the only thing that's sort of hindering me now. But I'm sure I'll work right. that out. Oh, I've also placed an order and paid for an Ardu Boy. Have you seen mm. those? Yeah, it's a tiny little thing. It looks a little bit like a Game Boy, but about. A quarter the size. It's a little yeah. black and white screen, and it's 
been made for programmers. I think it's an Arduino thing. Lots of people have been making their own games for it. Little silly, just tiny little games. Yeah. And I paid for one, and it'll be shipped in the spring. But I may have had a bit of a brain fart, and I may have ordered one and paid for one already. So two <laughs> might turn up in the spring. So I'm not spring, sure yet. Spring of what year? This year. Well, we've gone past spring, nearly. Oh, well, maybe it's going to be here soon. I don't know. <laughs> I've paid for it. It'll be it'll turn up one day. It'll be nice, won't it? It'll be a it's surprise. So let's get on to do some feedback. We have got a lot more feedback than last time. We sort of whizzed through it last time, didn't we, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Which was odd. We didn't mean to. just happened. Yeah, we were speeding through it. We've got some feedback from Cine Steve. Loving my Vectrex. Never had one as a kid and bought one a few months back and I had a go at my dad for not getting me one when I was a nipper as we went from an Intellivision to a Dragon 30 to C64. Couldn't complain too much. I was such a spoiled brat. But a great podcast as usual. No time for this week's game, I'm afraid. But if... But I'll see if you give it a good review, and then yeah. I'll revisit it, as I'm not familiar with it. Oh, we wish we mm, were. More on that. Because <laughs> you may not see things my way, yeah. like my methods or my reasons. <laughs> yeah. Anunnaki, bank panic rocks. Yes, you are, sir, you are very correct. It you does. You quoting that band, aren't you? That's what you're doing. Mm, might be. Mm. <laughs> uh, Cine Steve, you hadn't finished speaking, Cine Steve. He also said... What did he say? May have a sub-high score comp for some Vectrex games in future. A little bit like you did with Crossy Road. And I imagine a lot of your listeners will have them. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Cine Steve, Cine, Cine Steve, Cine Steve. Well, the listeners can write in about anything, really. We like to hear about your gaming and some scores on a Vectrex will be good. Mm. Especially games like Vector Pilot. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing game. We like that one, don't we? We do. John Munkus. Don't know of any Bank Panic sequels either. Great pickup on that RGB mono. Recently got a 20-inch Trinitron from a friend that was non-working. Had to stitch together the neck board, which may, must have had something slammed into it. It was in three pieces. But after a bit of soldering, come back to full glory. Been using it at the arcade for the Genesis or Mega Drive setup with RGB out. Really incredible picture. Yep, you. that's one of those things. If you get a cracked netboard, I've had a, a netboard broken before. And even though they look like they're absolutely toast and broken, they can be fixed and stitched together. You've just got to re-solder certain points that have been broken. He showed us a picture. Yeah, very clever. I would not have a clue what to do with that. Yeah, It's fairly straightforward, actually, but well done, John, on fixing that. He can fix all mm. sorts of that, lad. Yeah. Gary James Harris, we said hello on Saturday, Sean. This is at Play Blackpool. Mm-hmm. You were pretty much ready for the off, as you'd the podcast to do. Anyway, found a game that I think you and Vic might love, and you should do a review of it. It's one of them that you bypass when you look at screenshots. There's a few like that, aren't there? Yeah. But believe me, it's addictive as hell and tricky too. It's called Checkman. Oh, I think, isn't that on our list already, Checkman? It was on the list already, yeah. Mm. Or, or actually, I might have put it on after reading this and then forgot I'm putting it on. No, I think it's been on for a while, you know, because I'm sure our friend Hitesh asked about it quite a, quite a few years ago. Ooh. It looks good, though. Mm. Great pod, as usual. Never played Bangle Banigal myself, but I may give it a go sometime. But as Vic mentioned, Raiden, the picture of Raiden 5, I have not played it yet, and I've got, I haven't got round to it. Oh, sorry, yeah, he's got Raiden 5. He's not, he's not played it yet, and he hasn't got round to it, but when he does, he'll load it up and have a good game. Absolutely. It looks really nice. Mm. Nail 20 to 5. My eyes! 
Those legs make me unsee what I have seen. That was the picture of bank panic with you, your legs out. Mm. Just a opposite lady. Yeah. Roger Cantor has met today. Oh dear God, is there more singing? Yes, there was more singing. And, and more to come. And there is more to come. <laughs> you, know, you know these listeners? Yeah. You know our usual sample I use from Hellraiser? You yeah. opened the box. We came. Yeah. They're to blame. Not you or I. It's them. Yeah. They yeah. keep encouraging us to do stupid things. Not us. The Ten Pence Orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Those people. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. blaming them. Yeah. I'm pointing at you. <laughs> So, SOS FX, downloaded onto my phone, ready for the morning. Looking forward to the commute. Thanks, guys. Mm. Mark, happy dude. Love the way that Sean has the same outfit on in the picture as he did at Play Blackpool. Ooh! And it is... Pos- oh, ah, yeah. What, a red and dress? It, yeah. I didn't Ooh. have a red dress on. It was maroon. Okay. God's Silly sake. me. <laughs> God's sake. And it is possible to score over 50,000 on the first level of Banku Paniku. He got 51,350 on the first level. Oh, he's I, dead, dead I, I good can't. at that. Broken token, guys. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think about this. That's in regard to bank panic. And mm. we really liked it. Mm. At Blackpool, Bobby Idod challenged me to beat 17,600 on D2K, the Donkey Kong mod, and I said, nope. I've beaten that. Have you? Yeah, I've got 22,000 at home on that. Oh, well It's done. dead hard, though. It's too yeah. hard. Yeah. Oh, Sean Courtney from the Pie Factory podcast. Banku! Banku! I think you like that. Yeah, he likes that. He likes that. Mark Kirby, Mark K, that is. Hi, Vic and Sean. I haven't written before, so belated thanks for all the past episodes and keeping me entertained during the daily commute whilst pretending to keep fit at the gym. (laughs) I do have two suggestions to make, though, one of which could be the start of a series aimed at informing the listeners on the possible dangers of the podcast. Mm. Firstly, I feel that it is my duty to inform your listeners that if any of them thought that your 10p junior choir was funny, they should try listening at 140% speed while riding a motorbike in the rain via Bluetooth. Thankfully, I'm an experienced rider, so my skills are advanced enough to be able to <laughs> handle the ensuing tears in the eyes and the consequential <laughs> near 10-mile-an-hour collision with the curb. I really must get myself a GoPro to record these moments and educate the community on the dangers of listening to your podcast while performing inappropriate activities. Absolutely. Aye. On a more serious note, it may be an idea to mention other knock-on effects of some of the hardware heroes. Ooh, as an old coder who honed his skills in the cutthroat world of home games development, I've noticed a few similarities between arcade hardware and current home systems. For instance, the Sega Master System bears an uncanny resemblance to a little Chinese bear. Oh no, uh, to a Sega Master System 1 board. System 1 board. There are obvious reasons for this, of course, and although you're not really covering home systems, it would probably still be interesting for the punters to know the legacy of where these arcade boards came from. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Overall, though, thanks for the podcast, and I shall continue to listen and participate in the scoreboard, despite one of you being... <laughs> Shandy drinking southern. Oh, beg your pardon. Yeah, they're coming from the wrong side of the penons. Cheers, Mark Kirby, a proud Yorkshireman, aka Mark K on Twitter. P.S. Oh dear, the Vectrex has a Motorola six eight zero nine CPU. You Philistines, same as Dragon thirty two and every Williams arcade game. What did we say at? I said it at a sixty eight zero nine. 
I think we said something different, you know. No, I didn't. We'll have to check back. Definitely no, it's a 6809. Because Phoenix has got a 6809 in it as well. So um, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Mr. Uh, Mark Kirkby. Uh, <laughs> Matt Witchfinder. Just finished listening to this epic, the 60 and 1 podcast, and I thought our movie podcast were long. Enjoyed it, though. My five games to replace the speed-up hacks would be Anteater, Road Fighter, Lasso, Nibbler, and Cheeky Mouse. Another great Universal game. I spoke to him. Yeah. I spoke to him, yeah, at Replay. Because he helps with the... Uh, he helps replay with the play Blackpool and other events, and I often see him. Okay. And he and his wife were away, or partner, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. Were away, because she's, she's the lady that can do 1.33 million on Banku Paniku. She is an awesome Banku Paniku player. So that's why she didn't submit a score. Mm-hmm. Mm. And she said... <laughs> I think, did you ask her for tips or did I ask her I for did, tips? yeah. I want some cheeky tips so I could beat you. And she says you have to do a shimmy in time with the music to get into the rhythm of the game. I shimmied a lot and couldn't really make yeah. any difference. Mm. She may have been joking. Can you do a shimmy now? That might... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That would that be silly. That might help. No, uh, I'll make myself sick. That might actually help. Check man would be funny, says. May I also suggest the following but obscure fun games? Lasso. Never heard of it. Tootin, a.k.a. Lapapa, or Timber. I didn't like Timber. I'd look at Timber. It's okay. It's not a bad game. That's the one that, that Sarge suggested. Mm. It's knocking trees over, isn't it? It is. Neil1637 again. Is he like Neil20 to 5? He is. He's just slightly bit earlier. More, more feedback from Neil. Hi guys, another fine podcast. Shorter than we've been used to, but I never really noticed. Thanks for the personal tech tip, Vic, but I'm afraid James RGP beat you to that one a couple of years ago when he showed me the exact same credit button, reject coin setup, which I have used ever since. Very sound advice. I would definitely be at NERG for the full weekend, so see you both there and hopefully you'll curry afterwards. Yep, definitely. Oh, here's another bit of feedback. This is from the guy who used to live in Weymouth. Woody, he's called. Yeah. Hi again, Woody here again, the ex-Weymouth chap. Threw up a video on my YouTube to de- demonstrate my main cab that I've told you about before. I got permission from the wife to move into the house for my son's arcade party. It was fascinating that a dozen nine-year-old kids, most of whom had had iPads and other mobile devices with them, were still queuing up to play Pac-Man on the cabinet. Hope you like the video. Retro gaming Sweden style. Take care, 10 pences, keep up the great podcast. And I've put the YouTube he sent to me, YouTube video, on our podcast notes. Oh, Benson Rad, another great podcast, folks. I've now forgotten all I was going to say, but keep it up. <laughs> okay. Tronads, that, that evil Tronads. Yes. You need Mappy in that listener's choice list. It is in there now, Mr. David we Tronads. Put it in, yeah. Good game, that. Mm-hmm. Lesale, you guys ever considered using the Twitter vote function to choose the next game? Have you seen that? Where you can? I have, yeah. You can go on Twitter and then it'll give you like, you know, do you want to play? We could put, do you want to play like, say, Dodon Patchy, Dodon Patchy 2, B-Storm, Dodon Patchy Daiju, or Dodon Patchy Daifakutsa. Or Kicker, again. Or none of the above. Yeah, it's a good idea though, isn't it? Yes, we it is. We that. probably will do that, actually. We'll come up with a mm. few suggestions, see what the Twitter, mm. Twitter is like. Mm. Good idea. Thank you, Leslie. And that's about it. So, shout-outs next. The Pie Factory podcast have mentioned on their podcast that I don't big them up. 
as much as <laughs> as much as you do on this show. So you've so, got that opportunity now to big them up. Go so on. shout outs to the Pie Factory podcast guys, Sean and Jimmy G. That's excellent. We love you guys. Shout out to them, and also a shout out to the Pie Factory podcast guys, Sean and Jimmy G. That's two. Okay. So that's two of... two shout out. Let's give them yeah. one of these as well. Yeah. Oh, that was a dead ping. You bit, pinged of a, it bit of a stunted ping. A stunted ping. I'm breaking me pinger. I'm also giving a shout out to Aaron Hughes from Show Me Games on the birth of his first son, or his only son. Sorry. So congratulations, Aaron. Well and done. I, do you know what? It were really really funny. I suggested that it change his name to Dick Dog of his show. Well, there's four of them, but change his name to Show Me Nappies instead of Show Me Games. I don't <laughs> think you want to see nappies. <laughs> no, he didn't want to do that, no. Also, quick shout-out to Retro Gamer Daz, who I didn't mention was in the mega cast that we did. There was, like, all the... From the last time at Play Blackpool, there's about four or five of us. You can catch the mega cast on the RGDS podcast. But I didn't give a shout-out to Retro Gamer Daz. I blinking forgot. That's why you shouldn't pick people out, should That's you? That's true. Yeah. Because it seems like you're always a million miles away. Do you know what? Mm. I'm going to have to th- get some quotes from some of my favourite bands. Don't know what you're talking about. But they're all techno, so my quote would be... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back on track. Yeah. I have a shout-out on behalf of Vip, our mate Ben, for the collective works on the Commodore 64 I gave to him. Bobby Idod for repairing the 1541 disc emulator, which I stupidly broke in the first place. Ouch. And Sarge for the great little switchable BIOS unit. Mm. So, Ben, thanks you very much. He's very pleased with it, and he's been playing Bubble Bobble. Mm. Right, talking about those podcasters, for me, the boys from the RGDS, the Pie Factory, Broken Token, Maximum Power Up, Retro Domination, The Galloping Ghost, and Vic Sage from Diary of an Arcade Employee Podcasts for their continued support and enthusiasm for our hobby. Mm, so well thanks, done, guys. We've listened to a lot of them lately, and it's those people that's been making me buy consoles and playing different console games lately. Recommendations. Mm. Also, all the people who join us in with us on Twitter playing our featured game, whether they beat us or not, or yes. whether it's a totally crap game. Yes. Mm. Mm. We're coming Ooh. towards that, aren't we? We are indeed. Oh, Big 10p from the UK VAC for helping me get my groove name sorted out on the high score savings. I couldn't get my high score savings out, and he quickly sorted me out with a little setting. Thank you very much. Mm. Was it a pad? Just a pad and a pen? No, it was moving the high score dot dat into the right place on MAME, and it sorted because groove name is already sorted for high score savings, but you just need to put that one file in the right place and it in the wrong place. Silly me. Mm. I need to look at this. I need to get this sorted. There was a last minute couple of shout-outs. One of them to my beautiful wife, Tori. Yes. She did a moonwalk last night. Breast cancer charity. She walked 26.2 miles through the night with her mum. Not moonwalking 26. No, not, normal not walking, back. but in the moonlight. It was uh-huh. overnight. 26.2 miles she walked. She's asleep now. <laughs> I'm not surprised. So well, well done her and her mum for earning a bunch of money for the breast cancer charity. Well done. I was speaking while she was walking last night. I was talking for, to Whitney from the Broken Token podcast on Skype. He had a few questions about a few arcade things he wasn't sure about. Sort of more modern stuff. Because those two guys are sort of more experts on the older kind of stuff and the pinballs. Yeah. It was nice talking to Whitney. 
excellent. And I've got a few things to send him soon as well. I have to get a box together and send him a few things or some goodies. He sent us some whiskey, didn't he? He did, which we scoffed one night when you came down. And I was very poorly the next day. Yes. That'll learn me. We'll have to send him maybe a four-pack of Asda Lager. No, no. I've got something better than that. I'll show you later, but I won't say on the podcast. I don't want him to know. It's a surprise. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Okay, let's go on to our next segment. It's usually a tech tip, but I haven't got one this week. So it's going to be a Victor's Cab history again. Oh, I like these. Right, this game is brilliant. I wish I still owned it. Mm. Pac-Mania. Yes. The second cab I ever got. Only a few weeks or months after my first cab. Remember we talked about that before? The Ace yep. cab, the generic cab I got. The bug had got me bad. <laughs> I found Pac-Mania on eBay, and it was only up the road in Poole or Bournemouth. I think it was between the two on one of the roads there. I won it for the princely sum of £66. Right. For a Pac-Mania. That is really cheap. You can tell how the market has changed from that price. This yeah. is in about 2006, 2007. This is when cabs were still cheap. The game was advertised as not working with a blank screen. I didn't know anything about how to fix this at this time, but I thought, how difficult could it be? <laughs> I did know the game was Jammer though, so I could at least check out the screen, power, controls, etc. with another game board. I had already amassed quite a few PCBs by then. I had the perfect game to go in there, Namco Classics Volume 2. This had Dig Dug, way before I had my own machine, Pac-Man and Rally X. All of these have an arrangement version too. This version of Rally X and the new Rally X, by the way, are done properly on a vertical monitor, unlike the sideways rotated version we mentioned on the 60 and 1. Mm, weird that one. Mm. My girlfriend at the time, sister, had a large van type car which worked nicely for collecting cabs in. She agreed to help me out with the pickup. I got there and the place was a storage barn for a company that hired out items for themed parties. I'm guessing this cab, the next cab in my collection, and the pinball I saw there were used in a themed party at some time and now no, no longer needed. I spoke to the guy, who wasn't the owner, about another cab I saw in there. I wanted that as well. More to come on that in a future episode. <laughs> we got the cab into the car easily enough and drove it back. I plugged in after a common sense inspection with a known working PCB, probably a 4181 back then, and was pleasantly surprised to find the cab fired up first time with no issues apart from one of the joystick directions not working. If I remember correctly, it was just the micro switch was missing. Easy fix. The original Pac-Mania board set was just put into a blank screen. Oh, those PCBs were about £100 back then. They're even more now, up to about £300 now. Quite oh, an expensive wow. board set. However, I couldn't complain as the cab was in very good condition except no side art. It's the only thing that was wrong with it. It had the 3D marquee, which was really nice. It's got a sort of plastic um, blown-out marquee on it. Mm, I like that. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. The screen bezel and control panel were in good shape too. The monitor was a Wells Gardner. It had a good picture on it. I used this cab to play the Namco PCB for ages before I shelled out 100 quid for a proper Pac-Mania PCB. What a game. I'd like to cover that game one day, you know? Mm, it's a really yeah. nice little game because you can jump in it and it's like a 3D Pac-Man. Mm. Now that MAME plays it a lot better than it used to. Now you've got, I've got Groovy MAME. It plays really nicely. So we should probably cover that one day. Yeah. Well, all things came towards their end. And I eventually got some side art printed and sold the cab to a local operator in Weymouth. The cab was in the Pier Bandstand Arcade for about eight or nine years after that. Mm. 
And as far as I know, it only broke down once in that time, because I knew the operator. So it certainly earned its keep. I wonder if it's for sale again. Hmm, strokes chin. <laughs> I'd love to have it again. One of the games I quite regret getting rid of, because it was a really nice game to play. And also you could play other vertical games in it. Yeah. Yeah, a nice cab that was. Really liked it. Mm. So, we've got a musical interlude this week. And guess what? No Tenpence yes. Orchestra this week. <laughs> no. Or is there? Mm. Well, this piece of music is a Pac-Man remix called The Trap Remix by Joe Monday. Let's oh. pop the cassette in and press play on tape right here. Do you like that? I do like that. It's for you, wasn't it? It's very clever, that. Mm. Mm. Right, uh, we're getting on to the featured game review. Whoa. And the game sounds a little bit like this. And before Sean begins, because I cannot... He did most of the work on this, which you will understand why later on. I went to work on researching more in-depth on the hardware heroes instead. This is just a disclaimer. Mm. On you go, old son. Right, this game is called Peter Packrat, an Atari System 1 game from July 1985, even though the title screen says 1984. It's one stick and two buttons. One of the buttons is actually on top of the stick in the cab. Mm-hmm. This is from the Flyer. This is about as good as it gets, to be honest, the flyer. Mm. The cast of characters includes Peter Patrat, our hero, and the villains Boo Hiss, Riff Rat, the leader of the Rats of Flatbush, Scrapper, the junkyard dog. He likes a scrap, scrap. Sticky the spider. I quite like that name for a spider. Mm. Night Owl, Slugger the Bat, and Big Al the Alligator. And Diamond Jim the Snake and Claude the Cat. C L A W D. Claude. Did you see what they did there? I did. I like that. (laughs) 
player controls Peter Packrat on his quest to collect treasures and bring them back to his nest. The bad guys try to stop him. Peter Packrat consists of three different backgrounds. Three. Junk- Count them. Three. Three. The junkyard, the sewer, and the tree. These backgrounds provide a setting for 15 levels of unique and very bad gameplay. Mm. I'll put that very bad bit in. If the player is skilled enough to complete level 15, he is a mentor. Oh, no. Further challenges remain. Yeah, right. Okay, the gameplay. It's a platform game set on a vertically scrolling screen. Depending on how far you get through the game, the screen is bigger or smaller. Mm-hmm. You can jump and you can pick up rocks to throw them at the various bad guys, although the rocks need to be collected first, so you start really without any weapons. Mm-hmm. You collect a set number of items, including bottles, watches, hats, balls, cans, and you take them back to your nest. The nests are indicated by blue silhouettes on the background and you just they sort of fill. When you walk over them, they fill with the things that you collected. There are platforms to skid on, pipes to go through, tree trunks to go through, which deposit you somewhere else. Apparently you can kind of steer or which tree trunk or pipe you come out of by pressing this stick, mm-hmm. but it seemed a bit random to me. There are slopes to skid down there's water there's crumbling earth there's telephone wires to walk across springboards and you can't die from falling too far so far so good mm-hmm. you throw a rock to stun an owl or a bat and then grab grab his legs and you can fly around the screen for a limited period of time and then the bird starts flashing when the time's nearly over so you can you can jump off by pressing the jump button or just the bird will fly off when your time's up if you get hit by any falling droplets of water while you're flying, the bird, you know, the bird goes away and you fall. Mm-hmm. When flying, it's not clear what background you can fly through. So what you can fly from, what you can't, you have, it's just trial and error, I think. Yeah. Touch any of the bad guys at any point and you die. And very often, the birds will just kamikaze you. They just attack. Yeah. The screens look complicated and interesting. But... I'm afraid it is easy to fall down a slope, slip on some moss and lose control of your guy, land in the water and you swim very slowly, and that takes away the feeling of control that you have in the game. There is also a time limit, and you can start at varying levels, actually. You can start at easy, easy peasy, not so easy, very hard and rock hard. They did that on Clax as well. You could start on different levels on that. And I think Marvel Madness, is it Marvel Madness you can do it on Tempest? You can do it on as well? Mm. It's an Atari thing, isn't it, to start on Mm-mm. different levels? Millipede definitely had it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the play tips. I'm just. I've just crossed out play tips and put frustrating bits. Yes. You can skid on the moss. Oh, from a, from God, a, that annoys me. From a standing start, you don't even have to be moving, and you can just fall from a platform, land on it, and you skid. <laughs> yeah. Straight in the water, eaten by an alligator. Oh. You get stuck on ladders. Mm. If you fall off a bird, land on a ladder, he starts dangling on a ladder. You've got maybe two seconds you can't do anything. Tunnels are annoying. You don't know where you're going to go. I'm just going to put in some noises here while you speak. Okay. Crouching down when you want to crouch down coming out of a tunnel because you can't get up and you can't shoot. Collision detection is pants. <clears throat> oh, it's really bad. It's, it's like two or three pixels before you actually get hit, you're dead. The rocks sometimes spawn too far away, so you cannot get any ammunition, and you're defenseless, and you have no chance. <clears throat> the evil birds... Well, I'll put here, evil bird heat-seeking heat AI. They're hate beaks. <laughs> and they're just zooming on you, and you're dead. 
the rats will leap sideways off of ladders to land on you. They don't even come down the bottom of the ladder and move. <sighs> and they can they sort of jump diagonally up a ladder to get you. They, they seem to have found the ability to hover up towards you. Rat bumholes. <laughs> Hanging off ladders, I mentioned that. Some rats get stuck on ladders and you can't kill them. Mm. You can fall off platform. You can fall through platforms when you fall off a bird. You don't land on the platform. You fall through it. Ugh. Cheap deaths. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of cheap deaths. <laughs> anyway, depositing more than one item in your nest at a time gives more points. Much like Flicky, when you deposit loads of birds at more, you know, yeah, point. yeah, very similar. I reckon the only way to do a level with any control is to fly around it and avoid the tunnels, which is what I was doing. Which kind of gets away from the fact it's a platformer. You're not using the platforms to play the game. Mm. Mm. What I did actually like is the way the three basic levels, the tree, the sewer, and the somewhere else. What was the other bit? Tree. Tree, sewer, and... Junkyard. Junkyard, yeah. Which is exactly where this game belongs. <laughs> they actually... When you've looped it, they actually add extra depth. Yeah, they sort of add bits one. to it, Yeah, which is quite I clever. Thought that was, yeah, I thought that was clever, actually. But they could do with a few more different areas, I think. Yeah. Mm. So the graphics and sound. Great graphics, good animation, complicated-looking backgrounds, great sound, and very Paperboy-esque. Do you know the, one, the only thing I like about this game? It's switching it off. As well as that. Mm. When you do a level, the little rat does a little dance. Yeah, that's, that's quite the brilliant. only thing I like about this game. Yeah, uh, we're going to actually talk about it a bit more, but let's get onto the scoring first. Yeah, and I've done this in a slightly different order. Yeah, because there's a few people saying things like "no." Yeah, due to the nature of the game, in last place, I'm, af- I'm afraid, Ian Cullen, seven hundred and fifty-two thousand. Yeah, last place because he he played it. Yeah, in second to last place is me. Another loser. 687,000. Next one, Charlie Farr, 628,000. Oh, he's got some explaining to do. Mr. Tronad's got 618. Why? <laughs> John Key or John K, so I'm, I'm not quite sure on that. He got 168,000. What's wrong with the people? And now we're, got, we're getting to the people. Getting a bit to the more, decent scores now. The people are a bit more sensible. I've not played it that much. Vic. Hello. 22,000. Because I completed two levels, I think. Let's lay... I, I actually started... It was so on, painful on getting that score. It was so painful. I started on the hardest level where you get a 600,000 bonus, and I did it once. Why? I was listening to a podcast, and I forgot I was playing it. I think that's what happened. Mm. And I, I managed to get the 600,000. and got 87,000 somehow. I don't so know what happened. Get into the better scores now. Go on. Yeah, Mark K has very sensibly got 9,000. Yeah, a guy well done, called, Mark. A guy called Giggity. Giggity. Has got 4,300. Even better. Right, and the top, top scorers now. Tin, brother of bronze. Got zero. That's a good, that's very commendable. So slightly better than that, Stacey King booted yeah. it up, turned it straight off. Yeah. Well done, Stacey. And joint first place with a fantastic... Nope. Nope. Mad Steve and Mark Happy Dude both got a score of no. Do you know I what? I, I nearly got a score of no. Yeah. So I was narrowly pipped. So the real winner is Ian Cullen, actually, who's actually beaten the Orcade high score. 
maniac. With 752,000. I presume he started on the hardest level and just got the bonus and did a little bit better than that. He said he did, yeah. Mm. I met him. I actually met Ian. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Tin. Nice blokes. Nice blokes. Brother of Bronze. Yeah, nice guys. So the cabinet art. Boring, generic System 1 cabinet. All the same. Mm. Nice looking marquee, though, and control panel. Has an ultra rare blue Battlezone joystick you mentioned earlier. Mm. These are very, very rare. Very hard to find. Which would make play even more nasty as a button on top and a separate button on the panel. Yeah. Only 160 cabinets were produced from the American Atari factory and only 538 conversion kits were made. Not surprising. The trivia on this is uh, <laughs> I would kick this thing to death and then set fire to it if it was a real entity. Very nice. Yeah. Do you know what? I've mm. actually got something for us here. Yes. You know you said about the 10 pence arcade orchestra earlier? Yeah. Well, they did a little thing. <laughs> I'll just pop it in here now. Oh my god, honestly, listeners, I have not been in touch with the Ten Pence Orchestra in the last couple of weeks, so I had nothing to do with that. There's a rogue element in the Ten Pence Orchestra, I think. It's a death metal division. Yeah. Do you know what? The world record is 910,875, but not sure if that was done from level one or not. But our very own Ian Cullen got 752,000. Ports. Do you know what? Oh, I can't believe this. The ports and sequels and the legacy of this game, oh my God, OMG, literally. They actually ported this to the usual 8-bit suspects back in the day. Commodore 64, ZX Spectrum, and Amstrad all had got a version of this, and they were even worse than the arcade. Back then, they'd bang out any old rubbish for us naive idiots hungry for arcade games in the home. Slow, painful gameplay that is worse than the arcade. The Commodore 64 arranged music is like a knife in my ears. Oh, oh it's so bad. I can't remember. I can't remember seeing this game in the arcade or even on the 8-bit computer. So I must have just. Totally blanked it even back then. Mm. Didn't even yeah. didn't even acknowledge its its existence. I never saw it. So, overall thoughts. What do you reckon to this? Well, I'm going to say the positive things about it first. The, <laughs> That'll be quick. I like the way the levels expand, and I like the idea of picking up the rocks so you've got actually a weapon, and then if you throw a rock and it misses a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You're losing. You have to go and retrieve it. If you throw a rock and it hits a bad guy, it bounces back to you. Okay. You can actually throw the thing you've picked up as well, if oh, you're right. desperate. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good idea. Mm. I think that's quite good. And I think flying around the level, if it was implemented better, would be a good idea. No, rubbish. And the graphics are good and the sound's good. Yeah. But very poorly programmed. Was this even play-tested at all? I don't know. I don't think it was. That's maybe why they only made 538 board sets. I seem to have spent 97% of their time on the presentation and 3% on gameplay, is what I reckon. Yeah. Even Robohara's kids, they put a picture, he put a picture on (laughs) Twitter and said even his kids don't like this game and they went, they went round to a friend's house who had the cab. And there's just some really unhappy looking children playing games. Yeah. Poor things. (laughs) Yeah, I would, 
overall thoughts and improvements, apart from what you've said of setting fire to it, mm-hmm. you change direction mid-jump, get rid of stupid tunnels, more control when falling down the slides. You just fall down the slide into the water, dead death by alligator. Yeah. yeah. Peter Packrat often feels clumsy, banging into stuff and bouncing off of stuff. With a bit more tighter gameplay, this could have been good. Mm. Hanging off the ladders. Mm. What's the point of hanging off the ladders? You just stop there. Yeah, it's rubbish. So what I've done, can remember when I used the calamitous yet truthful scales of frustration? Yes. Which is, a, I've got it back. Oh, you've done you. another one? Excellent. With your crayons. I've, I've kind of done it back. I've just crossed out Toot and Calm, which is when I used it last time, and written <laughs> Peter Packrats. <laughs> <laughs> that is as much effort as this game requires. And as you can see, the truth, the there's the scales of frustration. Oh yeah, the the yeah those scales. Yeah, and frustration is weighing very heavy on the scales, and enjoyment is very light, so the scales are on frustration. So when you got a game like say Moon Patrol, which is maybe equal frustration and enjoyment, it's worth playing. Kung Definitely. Fu Kung Fu Master has a very frustrating element, but it is enjoyable, so the scales are balanced. But in yep. this case, I'm afraid Peter Craprat. As it shall now be known. Yes. More frustration than anything. Listen, listeners, this man speaks truth. Uh, oh, ah, yes. Right, I've held my tongue this long. Oh, here we go. Can I Can I go now? Yeah, go for it. This <laughs> is by far one of the worst games I've ever played on any arcade platform. Yeah, bring, bring that sheep in. Disapprove. If this game's graphics and sound weren't so polished, I'd have said this was shovelware. Kind of reminds me of some of the crappiest 8-bit software that was released in the early 80s. The game is annoying, has no difficulty curve whatsoever. The first level is painfully easy and then it's just impossible, with enemies homing in on you immediately. After a slip on a stupid moss, I hate slidey games, hence I never liked Ice Climber or Mario Brothers. And then you fall into the water, the bat is on you before you can react. If you want to do any of this game, you need to have a precise method. Jump here, collect that, shoot this thing, go there, etc. with no deviation, otherwise you'll lose lives i.e. no fun. If we have to review and play any more games like this, I will stop podcasting. <laughs> no, I mean it. Mm. I'm that outraged at this utter dog shit of a game. Makes Megazone look like the best cave shoe ever produced and roll in thunder and masterpiece of the 20th century. Statements I never thought I'd hear myself say. I may need a flagellating. Flagellating. Shame on you, Atari. Shame on you. I'm glad you're a zombie of a company now. I'll never forgive this. Never. <laughs> right, who asked this game? Well, I have discovered. Who was it? Who, tell me who it was. It was Mr. David Charlie Farley. <laughs> suggested this. Did he? Did you play it, Charlie Far? Did you? Did you? I don't know if he did. Doesn't matter. He's dead to me. You're mm. banned, Charlie. Don't ever contact the show again, ever. What makes it frustrating is it could have been really good, couldn't it? No. They could have tightened up on stuff and because they put so much effort into the like the look of it, and then they oh, just style such of a, a function, mate. Style of a function. Such it, a shame. It is easily the the worst game we've reviewed. I think so. Podcast. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. I know I've hated some games and you've disliked some others, but collectively, this is easily the worst. Game. Even Megazone mm. was a vertical shooter. It just yeah. I didn't like it very much, but it, it played okay. Rolling Thunder was a bit annoying at places but it, it looked pretty good and the you know, the tunes were good and that and you could get a little bit into it this yeah. game absolute terrible mm. i feel ill <laughs> can we get on to something nice yes let's do 
The Art of Side Art. Oh, yeah. Right. I have picked. You yes. have picked. Fast Freddy from Atari 1982. This is a gorgeous cab. Yes. Go on, take it away, Vic. You're great at talking about things that look like, look like cabs. It is a gorgeous cabinet, and I have some personal experience with this cabinet. Mm. When I bought my Dig Dug from the lovely Sean Meldon down in the, the arcade barn in Exmouth, mm. Alex purchased a Fast Freddy. I didn't notice. He did. And it's the same shaped cabinet as a Dig Dug Euro. The only difference is this cabinet has got a glass-fronted bezel rather than a plastic-fronted bezel. So I said this cabinet is the same shape as my Dig Dug, but my Dig Dug has only got boring old wooden side art. This has a white sides, and it has full-on six foot of beautiful graphics on the side of it. Mm. It's got your Fast Freddy with his, his little moustache and his yellow helmet on his hang glider at the top. And you've got some lovely sort of striped clouds and, and sort of background art in the middle. And you've got some guys who are chasing you in yellow biplanes. And you've got all sorts of other enemies and birds and stuff down the bottom of it. And it on the glass bezel, like I said, it's got full side art around the side of the, the screen. It's lovely. It's got the stripey bits again and the, the enemies and the helicopters and your little fast Freddy man. And it's got a tiny little thin marquee at the top of the, the part of the bezel, which is the same mm. as my Dig Dug. And some other games at Atari did, did this as well. It's got a nice blue and white stripy panel with some little instructions on it. Really nice cabinet, but mm. the game's poo. I can't remember playing it. It's such a bad game. I thought I'm, I'm feeling Alex and I reviewed it. It's one of the worst oh. games. It's not, it's not Peter Pack Rat bad, don't get me wrong, <laughs> mm. which is going to be the thing we, we go to now when we're discussing a game on, on terribleness on a scale of one to Peter Pack Rat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is about Megazone. Uh. <laughs> it looked this actual cabinet I looked after it for a while um, before Alex sold it and it sat next to my Dig Dug and it looked quite nice together he got rid of it because it is one of the worst games you ever play you control a little guy on a hang glider and it's got some really silly little music but you can crash into clouds Oof. on your hang glider what? how silly is that? Mm, total turd of a game bit silly but still miles more playable than Pack Rat so we get on to Hardware Heroes Oh, this is yours, this one. And talking about that feedback we had earlier, Konami 6809 base games in your face, listener. <laughs> this is some of the really good games at the 6809 processor. The first one we speak about, Circus Charlie. Mm. This is a solid clown up with monkeys on it. What's not to like? A lot of love for this game. Good game. I haven't played it a lot. Gyrus, otherwise known as Venus, one of your favourites. Awesome mm. tunnel shoot with amazing stereo music. So we've got Hypersports or Hyper Olympic 84. Beat the heck out of the run buttons. Excellence. Mm. Megazone. Poop. I like it. Simple, unassuming little shooter. Yeah, but no quarter like this. And look what they said about 1942. Yeah. Mm. Think mm. on, young man. <laughs> right, this is a fun one. Mikey or... Oh, God. Shinyashine Turukun. Mikey High School Graffiti. I really like this game on a Spectrum. Imagine did it on the Spectrum back in the day. Mm. And I had a few goes of it, and I can't really get into it, but I may play it a bit more. I used to love it on the Spectrum, but I haven't played it for a long, long time, and I couldn't really get back into the arcade version, but I'm going to give it a go. Is it not Mickey? Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my oh, mind. No, 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 it's not that. Oh, no, it's right, definitely right. not that. It's Mikey oh. with a K. Damn it. Stop it with your singing. Yes. Road Fighter, favourite of our very own Mr. Holly. I do like this. 
I've got this on my Konami Classics 246 motherboard, which has got a load of collection of games on it. I'm not a fan myself. It's just a little bit like Spy Hunter, and I don't like that game at all. I hate it. Mm. But it's still better than Bump and Jump. It's another simple little dodging game, and like a lot of these, actually. Well, a few of them. It's got a map on it. Megazone's got a map. Road Fighter's got a map. Yeah, similar. Similar styles, yeah. The next one in the 6809 is Rock and Rope. This is another game that's on my, my 246 motherboard. It's a frustrating game that someone needs to show me how to play. It looks quite good, but It's a hard. platformer, isn't it? Yes. I like it, but I can't get anywhere in it. Diagonal so ropes across the screen. Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not going <laughs> to give it a you know, bump in at the moment, because it does look a good game. I'm just not very good at it. It's a game called Scooter Shooter, which is a weird horizontal shoot where you seem to be a Mrs. versus a Mr. Couldn't really work it out. It's a split-screen thing where you play a lady or a guy, and you're sort of racing the other person, shooting stuff. It's a weird game. I've never heard of that. Oh, the best game in the world. It's got this, this hardware. Shaolin's Road or Kicker. Classic mm-hmm. kicky game. One of my favourites. Check out Tenpence Arcade Podcast number 41, which we played. Yeah, we both like that one, yeah. Loved it. Love that game. Super Basketball. Looks like a standard basketball game with 80s graphics. Not so bad. Track and Field or Hyper Olympic. Prequel mm-hmm. to Hypersports. Loved playing this in the 80s at the school youth club at lunchtimes. Diet Coke, Pot Noodle and Track and Field. Good times. Mm. Whiz Quiz. This is a weird one. Whiz Quiz. This is an, an in quotes upgrade quiz game for track and field boards. Why? Mm. Track and field did really well in the arcade. So why would they want to upgrade it with a rubbishy old quiz game? No. And then the last one, Ya Kung Fu. Ace kicky punchy kung fu fun. <laughs> Loved this on the 8 bit computers of the time. I didn't I don't think there was a poor version on any computer. Imagine did a great job converting it for the home. Actually. The MSX, ColecoVision, and the Saturn versions were quite different. Not so good. You have to fight someone called Wang. (laughs) Game Boy Advance and the PS1 and DS are right on arcade perfect. Mm. Nice versions. While we're talking about that, I I think there's very few home games that are actually better than the arcade versions. Not many. Mm, But I think I found one. What's that? Contra on the NES. Oh, right. Is it extra levels and stuff? No, it's just got a better feel to it. Okay. The arcade one seems quite slow in comparison and a lot less playable. I just realised that. that. Yeah, I realised that lately. Do you know what? Green Bertie on the NES has got extra levels as well. Ooh. 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 Also, I'll tell you what, on the same kind of level... I was playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night on the PlayStation recently, mm. and that looks a really good game. I think the one in the in the arcade isn't so good, but that is a really nice home game. It's really mm. good. Really, really well presented. It's a lovely game as well. I didn't think I was into Castlevanias, but I might get into that one. Hunchback is another one I like on the Commodore 64. Oh, Be- classic. Better than the arcade game, I no, think. I like the arcade because I used to play it in the chip shop when I was a kid. Mm. Yeah. So I actually had experience of that back in the day but the c64 version is very very good you're right mm. there yeah it is it is right things change yes but you know i'm right uh, what oh here we go just a minute just a moment i'm trying to whiz through these now because i forgot to do them <laughs> about next show's game yes you don't have to have the solution no. tell me about it okay um it's my pick it is i feel slightly 
guilty because you have lent me this PCB. I've wasted time away. Have you? Mm. Okay. You have lent me this PCB, and I'm going to do it as the next game, the next featured game, which is Gunbird. Are there any vampires in it? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. This is weird Pokemon-style character people. Mm. It's, yeah, it is Gunbird from Sikyo. Sikyo. Or Psycho. Is it Sikyo? I will say Sikyo. So we're playing the World ROM, yeah. three lives, normal difficulty, bonus life at 400,000 if you can get that far. I'm uh, probably not. Mm. It's not a well. It is before. It's 1994 game, so it's before Bullet Hell. But there is an element of that in it. Give it a go, Vic. 94-84. So it's a bit mm. more of a modern game. Yeah, it looks pretty good actually. Uh, I'll yeah. give it a go. I don't think I'll beat you, but I'll give it a go. Gunbird, a vertical shooter, at my favourite genre. It is as a parting gesture. Mm. So is time running out? It certainly is. We have to go. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening, kids, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.